Welcome in on another instant reaction episode in the Movie Buffs podcast. My name is Tyler, and as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. There's a lot of podcasting options out there, specifically movie ones. So we greatly appreciate you tuning in, pressing play, liking it, doing all the podcast things that help us grow this podcast and getting it out there to people that want to know more about movies, what they should watch, and things along that nature. Now, I have a instant reaction ep episode here for Gran Turismo, and I saw an early screening. So originally, it was supposed to premiere on August 11th, so uh, last week <laughs> when I saw it, but it got pushed to August 25th with the, with the uh, actor strikes. So I saw it on the AMC app that they were doing this early screening, and uh, I thought at first, oh man, I'm going to miss it because I thought that was only for Friday, but then I checked back, I think it was on Thursday night and saw that they had some for Saturday. So, oh, let's, let's go see it. Let's go, uh, you know, we wanted to, or I wanted to see it. And so getting the tickets that weren't my uh, favorite seats in the AMC Dolby Theater, but um, I, I will say right now, right off the bat, that I was thoroughly impressed with the movie. Now, I'm a fan of racing specifically Formula One. I watch Formula One and I follow it. I read about it, all that kind of good stuff. I watch breakdowns on YouTube, but I kind of wanted to watch this movie more because of the director. The director, and I'm going to get to him later on in this episode, but with somebody that's kind of taking a little, he's taking a break and this is kind of more out, outside of his normal realm. So I was pretty fascinated with this. I was like, wow, there's a lot of circumstances here that are not this guy's norm, but I see it as the director stepping out uh, from his comfort zone and getting back into the director's seat, which I think is a good thing. He's, he's a very uh, talented director, and the movies that he does, um, which I'll talk about, are probably some people's favorite sci-fi movies. Now, this is a movie that's based on a true story, so it's based on the uh, title character, Jan Mardenboro. He was a Gran Turismo player who became a professional race driver. Those elements are fun and they're weaved throughout this story. And I don't know, I didn't look too too much into how real it was in terms of the family dynamics, things that I'm going to talk about in the movie. And, uh, you know, the racing career, I don't know how much that is real. Um, from what I saw uh, at the end where they have some facts about uh, Jan, it, this seems like there were some elements that really did happen. And from what uh, the movie said, he also played uh, one of the stunt drivers. So he played the stunt driver for himself. So this storyline based off of IMDb, it says, based on the unbelievable, inspiring true story of a team of underdogs, a struggling working class gamer, a failed former race driver, and an idealistic motorsport exec who risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. I don't know how much in terms of most elite sport, but uh, I guess in terms of monetary, it is. That's one thing that I should probably throw in there from just watching motorsports, uh, watching Formula One. It is an elitist sport. It's one that it's very hard to say, okay, I have this passion. I really want to grow into it. And if you're an individual that doesn't come from the means of some of these elitists, 
most likely you're not going to get to it. And uh, this might be a little controversial for uh, fans of racing, but I'm sure a lot of them will agree. The majority will, will agree is that the best racers don't reside in Formula One, which which is touted as the highest level of racing because a lot of them pay to get into Formula One. They they come from money. Their parents own the team or they their parents own have the the means to spend thousands to millions of dollars to get them into these seats. So uh, stories like this where they come from nothing, they put in the the work, they beat the odds. It's it's something that I think a lot of people will connect with the underdog story that it says right there. Now let's talk about the cast and crew. The director for this, his name's Neil Bloomkamp. Now might not recognize the name right off the bat, but if you've seen District 9, Elysium, or even Chappie, he's the director for those. He comes from more of a visual effects background. And in my opinion, it really shows in his movies, the visual effects, the breakdowns. And in this one specifically, the way that they intertwine the sim racing, so the video game racing, to the actual what's going on on the screen, it's fun. It kind of is one of those things where uh, now if you've listened to our podcast, you know that I come from more of a, a fitness background. My education is in exercise science and talking about sports, talking about performance and talking about tunnel vision, talking about practice reps. So they do talk about that's I mean, this is all part of different theories and different training principles, but things tend to slow down with more practice reps because you're body, the way that you learn, that you come more attuned with how your body should be positioned, how you should be processing information in order to react. And so this part of it, how Jan in the, in the movie, how the visual effects are intertwined and there's some really cool elements that break down the car, break down the sim racing to make it seem like he's back into his game. So he's back into the video game and he's back into that mode where he was dominating. So those are cool elements of it. And going back to the director, I think that his background really plays a factor in how those are intertwined. It's not done in a cheesy way. It's not done in a way that you're like, oh man, this, this isn't for me. It's a fun um, intertwining of those elements. And <laughs> one little fun fact I saw on IMD when I was researching this, he's actually a friend of Michael Bay. Not, I feel like you don't really see that too many times on IMDb, but uh, he's a friend of Michael Bay. Yeah, very random. Cast here, David Harbour. You might recognize the name from Stranger Things, Orlando Bloom, Lord of the Rings or Pirates, Archie Madkui. I, I'm sorry if I mispronounce his last name there. So he's the he's the main character, Jan. But uh, you might have seen Midsommar or Voyagers. Uh, I have not seen either of those, but um, that's what's listed on his IMDb. Digimon Hansu's in it, and then I thought I would throw this one in there just for the fun of it. That Jerry Horner's in it, aka Ginger Spice. I thought it was kind of funny when the credits are rolling. Somebody actually clapped for her name behind us. So I was like, okay, some Spice Girl fans in the audience here. But uh, a fun fact to her is actually she's married to the team principal, so kind of the boss of Red Bull Racing. Not my favorite team in Formula One, but the she's married to um, him. And she's in some of these episodes on Netflix of um, – 
Drive to Survive. I haven't watched the last two seasons, so I don't know if she's been in it, but you could always see her in those. Feeling inspired by hosts Ron and Tyler? This episode of the Movie Buffs podcast is brought to you by the YouTube workout channel, Time to Train Fitness. With all things YouTube, it's free. Jump into a bar class, crank out a cycling workout, or pump out a strength session. Everything you need to work out for free at home. Check out the description and subscribe today. You heard the promo about Time to Train Fitness and you're thinking, how do I get some dumbbells? There's really only two products that I recommend when it comes to at-home fitness, and one of those are the Core Home Fitness Adjustable Dumbbells. If you're already following the YouTube workouts, these are the dumbbells that I use, me, Tyler, and you've probably seen me adjust them between the weights super fast. Along with adjusting quickly, they go from five pounds to 50 pounds and feel great in the hands. Head to the link in the description and grab yourself a pair. You have the free workouts on YouTube and will now have the dumbbells to help you reach your fitness goals. Talking about the story, getting to those elements here. One of the underlying themes that I liked and that was kind of explored throughout the movie and uh, Jan talks about. So when I say Jan, I'm talking about the character in the movie that following your dream, following your passion not just because I'm one of those people that I'm trying to follow my passion with starting my own businesses and following and doing things that I like and staying motivated, all those kinds of things. Of course, I like those types of things. Those are movies that I like, motivational things along that nature. But I thought a fun element to talk about for this podcast episode was for myself, kids are around the corner. So motivating a kid and trying to inspire them to be something. But of course, you want the best for them. So watching those dynamics in the movie was pretty interesting, I'll say. And it doesn't ruin anything. But his parent, his dad, didn't want him to be a racer. He thought that the video games was a waste of time. Why are you spending so much time doing it? Why don't you have a real job? All these kinds of things that are probably common with a lot of people that in their minds, you know, they're following, they're doing what they're passionate about. They want to get into that. And sometimes we're told, okay, you need to go on this route. You need to go to college. You need to do X, Y, Z. And that will lead to getting a real job that, you know, potentially you're not passionate about. So that was a fun or interesting dynamic throughout the movie. And uh, what I thought about with this, and this is, I might be controversial, I'll say. I always see those posts on social media, and I talked about this with my wife a couple weeks ago, was how you see these posts on social media where somebody says, oh, what, people need to spend less time on screens and more time outside. And when I usually see those things, in my mind, I always think, I spend all day on screens, literally. I, I'm, on, I'm looking at one as I'm recording this. I look, I go to YouTube to learn how to do things. I That's how I figure out how to create a podcast episode, how to edit videos, how to create uh, websites, all that kind of stuff, things outside of my educational background. But I am very, I do go outside a lot as well. I mountain bike, I play disc golf. Um, I exercise regularly, but uh, people think that screens are bad. Video games are bad. All these things that uh, they're seeing on, maybe it's on the news, maybe it's they're seeing on other social media sites, but I probably could pull up research that says that screens and video games help your reaction time. All right. I know I can. I have them on my computer. And so this whole screens, video games are bad, all that kind of stuff. I always think it's um, 
to a degree, it's people being manipulated or they're being uh, persuaded by things that they maybe don't, don't understand because maybe they didn't do them. And I think that that was part of the, the movie there. The, uh, the father figure, Digimon Hansu, his background, he, tr he was trying to be a professional soccer player. He might have been a professional soccer player and injuries or whatever might have happened. They didn't get too much into that, but um, he ended up not following his dream. And I think he was working on a rail railroad and he thought that he was trying to protect his kid, Jan, by saying, don't do video games. Don't do those kinds of things. And um, it turned out that he was motivated enough. He was passionate enough about it to get to the highest level. So pretty fun um, aspects of it there. Uh, fun in terms of it's interesting to watch. This kind of goes into now the family dynamics and Jan's motivation. Again, another story arc of it, another part of the movie that it's fascinating with how there's this kind of rift between the family in the movie. And again, I don't know if that's just for Hollywood purposes that they created that, but he does not stay too much in touch with his family when he's going to this, uh, whatever you want to call it, a boot camp or a training academy for racing. And then there's some stuff that happens in it where he doesn't stay as connected with them as well. But ultimately those things come around. And I think that those elements, the motivational factors in terms of they don't believe in me, they uh, don't understand what I'm doing, that type of motivation throughout it, I think a very positive thing. And this is, I say, I bring this part into it because it's definitely possible. And it definitely is true that despite his family not believing in him, he still stayed true to I did this for my family. I did this for, I wanted to show you that I could do this, but never, I I can't say, I don't know if it's not, not in a negative way, but never in a way that it was, okay, I'm never going to talk to you guys. I do these things because I, I, I want this for my family. Those things all come back around, which I think is a, a good element. It's a good story for it that uh, they tie all those, those, those ends up. Let's now talk about some of the racing scenes and unrealistic and realistic things. One of the things that I, I thought that um, is interesting. So Jan calls it a sim. It's a sim racing, simulated racing. And, you know, other people might think, oh, this is a, just a video game. But <laughs> if you follow racing, sim racing is such a big element of professional racing these days, whether it's in with the development of a car or it's practice reps. I mean, the top drivers are spending hours and hours sim racing outside, putting in extra reps, learning every single centimeter, every single inch of a course so that once they do get in the car, they know it. They know when they need to, they know when they need to break all these types of things. So it's one of those things where as time has progressed and people have found newer ways to practice and process information, it's one of those things where, well, okay, this is actually what everybody needs to be doing. Everybody needs to be doing sim racing. It's not just video games. And there are some elements in the movie where I would say it's a little unrealistic with with uh, I, with David Harbour's character. So he's kind of the uh, team principal. He's the manager of the crew. They don't use that term in it, but he is the one that uh, basically manages the driver, he manages the team, those, those things. And, um, there's scenes where he's during the race where he's running around or he's, you know, yelling away. And what I pointed out to my wife when we walked out was how that was probably the most unrealistic part of it. Typically 
the team principal, the manager, the CEO, whatever you want to call them. They're staying on the pit side. They're, there's basically this booth next to the racetrack where there's computers. They're processing. They're, they're taking all this information and they're uh, helping manage the pit crew to the racing to who's ever back at the factory who's more people breaking down the race strategy all that kind of stuff they're not just standing where they where the car pits yelling into the microphone and um, you know those things are for hollywood but it's one of those things where i was like okay that that doesn't really happen but uh you know it's it's a movie it's not the most realistic things or not realistic thing in terms of uh, some of the elements of it. Now, the whole storyline of it with the, the story, the underdog story going from, you know, someone that lives at home playing a video game to going to, to one of the highest levels of racing. It's fun. And I think that the way that it was portrayed, there wasn't too much emphasis on one specific part of it whether it was the love story, whether it was the racing, the family, all of it was intertwined enough that you got all those pieces. You got the training elements, you got the family elements, you got, you got the struggles, you have, um, you know, the, the climax, you have all these different parts of it where you just get enough that it all fits together. I think that that is a good sign of this direct, uh, the this director's movies is that all of them flow well together. They all, they're all cohesive. Those elements of it that make it enjoyable for the audience. One last piece here before I get to my recommendation, my favorite character, I think it was David Harbour. He's just fun to watch on screen. I think that that's kind of what uh, movies that you see with him these days. He's just fun to watch on screen. He's, um, he's animated. He's, I mean, he's a good actor and he's somebody that he's funny, but he can be serious at the same time when he's serious. I mean, for myself, when he when he grabs somebody by the neck, I went, "Whoa, okay." Yeah, I mean, he's not messing around, but he can also be a joking person. That he's he's funny, so he was definitely my favorite character. He has also a good story arc from it. Someone that they talk about potentially having the the poten uh, the potential to be a great racer, and he falls from grace and is working for a mechanic uh, or as a mechanic, and then he grows as a character himself. He changes. He starts to believe in Jan and the sim racing and Gran Turismo and those elements of it with the, the mechanic side of it that are intertwined into the story that I won't touch on, but are definitely there would enrich the story. And again, I don't know how true that element was, but it definitely does help with the story as well. So as you probably haven't noticed, I do recommend this movie. I talked a lot about different elements of it. And I do think that it's just a fun watch for, uh, for really anybody. I don't think that there's too many elements of it that are risky for kids. If you are a fan of racing, or maybe you're just a fan of David Harbour or Orlando Bloom, or maybe Ginger Spice. I think it could be a fun watch for you. That has been it for this instant reaction episode. Thank you, of course, for listening, tuning in, supporting the podcast, and I'll catch you in the next one.